You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kibalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, we are at Tough Pei Zion, Sif Bet. Ein Shliach Tzibur Mekadesh Bebeis Okay. <laughs> Why? Again, now this, of course, is on the night of Pesach. Why isn't there Kiddush in the Beis HaKnesses? Because, um, oh, you know what? I, I skipped something from before, and we'll, we'll go back to that. But why isn't there Kiddush in the Beis HaKnesses on, on Pesach night? Because the assumption is that everybody has where to eat. Everybody has, right? The whole idea of Kiddush and Shul, even if it's on a Shabbos, and even this would be Pesach on Shabbos, is because people, the, the old minag was that people used to sleep in shul. There were people that were in shul. And because they were in shul, this is where they lived. This is, at least for that day, they didn't live there, but they were there for an extended period of time. This is where they would eat a little bit in one of the other rooms. Well, we don't expect that to be happening on Pesach. And therefore, the minag is, is not to, right, um, Now, um, the Mishnah though, says a little bit of a different reason. Let's take a look. Mishnah says, The Indian Kiddush who could have Otsi Mishen The reason you why they did it. What? You're frozen. I'm frozen? You can't hear me? Now I can. Yes. Okay. So, in other words. Henry started talking, we could hear you. <laughs> okay. So, there's two reasons. Again, one reason is because people are in Shul. We're making Kiddush for the people who are in Shul who don't have. On Pesach, the assumption is they do have. The, the Mishnah Bura says the reason why we make Kiddush is because they don't have wine. The, yeah, they, they might be staying in the shul over Pesach, but they probably have wine because we provided them with wine beforehand. So therefore, the scheme of Achron in the Mishnah Bura says, How about if you have a period where there's a run on wine. There isn't any wine available. The only wine that's available is in the shul. Still, the achronim say that uh, on the night of Pesach, you would not make Kiddush in shul. It's an interesting psak. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I neglected to say, I skipped something from before, which I'll go back to now. And that is this halacha. Ein omrim birchat mein sheva. This that's usually said on a uh, on a uh, evening of Shabbat, Shabbat evening, you would say Brocha Me'en Sheva. You would repeat uh, the Shemona Esrei in a sense <laughs> by coming up with a Brocha that has most of the aspects of the Shemona Esrei in it. That was not done on the night of Pesach, even on the night of Pesach of Shabbos. That's what the Gemara is saying here. Now, the truth is the Bavli says clearly that on a Yont of Shabbos, you would say Me'en Sheva. You just don't need to mention the Sukkot aspect of it as part of the Brocha. But on a, on a Shabbos Pesach, Shabbat and Pesach together, on a Friday night, the first night of Pesach, which can happen on Friday night, of course, you would not say the Brocha Me'en Sheva according to this Pesach. And what would be the reason? So the reason is, is because, as you might guess, and Shabur says here, because the whole idea of the main sheva was because the people. Now I, I said last night, uh, I think I said incorrectly that 
there's no stragglers, so there's no reason to come. That was that was a mistake. <laughs> I said it's because the stragglers on a regular uh, Friday night they straggle. On a Yuntif Friday night, especially Pesach, they won't be straggling. They're not there. Mishabur says even for the stragglers, it's not because we don't want the stragglers who come late to be stuck out in the in the shul, which is not where uh, the yeshuv is. And because of that, we want people to stay later so there can be a group of everybody walking home so people won't be assaulted and attacked by the mazikim, the mazikim that, that, are, that are outside of the city and, and these uninhabited spaces between the main yishuv of the city and the Beisach Nessus. So, But here, on the night of Pesach, we're not worried about those mazikim. You don't have to worry about the mazikim on Pesach, which is an interesting, interesting take to look at it. Okay, let's go on a little bit. You're going to find something interesting in Nusachatvila now. So this is the brochus we're going to be saying tonight. Right? You forgot to say that part. But you said Yalevi'avo. And in the Yalevi'avo, obviously you mentioned what should be mentioned about the holiday. Yatsa. So you don't need the Atavakartanu. The Yalaviyavu is sufficient to have a kiyum in the Brocha of mentioning what the day is about. Is that specifically because you're saying Chagamasos and Yalaviyavu? Right, right, right. So even though you, you leave out the, the introduction, Michael, that says Atavakartanu, all that grand introduction, that's not necessary. Bidiev and your Yotsu, at least with the Yalaviyavu. Viafilu Choyu Shabbat. Now, let's make it more complicated, the Ramos says. Let's say it's Shabbat and Yom Tov together. So, now the Atavakartanu has Shabbat in it, right? We can read it to you right now, right? Because Atavakartanu has Shabbos in it. Let's just read that, show you for a second. It's good when you have a sitter near you. <laughs> um, let's take a look quickly. Atavakartanu, we're talking about knows, right? The Kibatite Nlanu, which of course is part of the Atavakartanu, <laughs> it's not a separate paragraph. Atite Nlanu, Esayom Shabbos says it. Yalviyavu is the next paragraph. So Atavakartanu and Batite Nlanu are of, of one unit. So therefore, you skipped, it sounds like you skipped Shabbos. Uh oh, what do you do? So the Beit Yosef says, don't worry. Ramok quoting the Beit Yosef says, don't worry. Im Hiskir Biyalviyavu Yotza. Now, what were you a masker in Yalaviyovo? <laughs> you were a masker Shabbos in Yalaviyovo. What? Yeah. That well, was the... Vasienu afterwards. Not, not the Vasienu, Michael. The, the Yalaviyovo had Shabbos in it. You'll see in a second. Okay. Right? Uh, that, was, that was the old Yalaviyovo had Shabbat in it as well. We don't have that, but they did. Um, let's take a look. Um, The ma maskir in Yono Shoyom Biyalaviyovo. That's the, that's going on the on the Beit Yosef. But the but the Ramah, right, is talking about on Shabbat. Let's go back up and see. Vim Omar, now we have Atovakartanu. Okay, and you mentioned Shabbat. All right, I mentioned Shabbat and Atavakartanu, and then Vaititain Lanu. Afivu Hachi, let's go to the next page. 
Tzorach lachs or v'laskira. Look at this, Michael. Biyalo v'yavo. In other words, the Ramah is saying if it's a Shabbos yontif, even though you say, even though you say atovakartanu, uh, and atovakartanu has vatitein lanu Shabbat, you have to re-mention. That's the way. The best way to do it is to re-mention Shabbat again as part of Yalav Yavo. Miu imlo hiskiru biyalav Yavo. If you don't mention any Yalav Yavo, ain't sarach lachzor. So this seems to have been. The minag to mention Shabbat in Vatitein Lanu, and in the next paragraph, with, which is Yalaviyavo, they mention Shabbat as well. Then the Ramah ends here. What about the Shliach Tzibur on, on Shachris, for example, who people weren't paying attention? It was, uh, he, he just flew through it. He didn't mention the Yomtev at all. Um, I don't know if it was Shabbos or not. Maybe it was just a regular Yontif. And he, and he skips mentioning the Yontif. So he says, where if on a Rosh Chodesh that happens, we don't, for Tircha de Tzibura, we don't make the Chazan repeat uh, the Shemona Esrei again. So that would be seemingly what the Ramah is indicating here as well. That considering we're here in Shul, nobody caught him. And he, and, he, and he basically, I don't know how he fudged the middle bracha, but he didn't mention Yom Tov at all. For Tircha de Tzibura, we're just going to wait for Musaf as far as that goes. Uh, Rabbi, yes. we, was, was this at the time of the God that, that they mentioned Shabbos in, in uh, Yalom the Yavo? It, it, might have, it, it might have been, but I think he's referring here to someone who just skips. He's comparing it to that Simon and Shulchan Aruch where the Baal Shachris leaves out the Rosh Chodesh mentioning. And there we say that since nobody caught him, we'll just wait till Musaf. And we're, we're not going to force the Shliach Tzibur to say it again. If, 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 if you got Shabbos in Atoba Hartano, he says, say it in, in, in Yalom Yavo. Was that, that, was that, that at the time of, of the of the goal or the time of the Mishnah Right, that was the time. That was the time of the Beit Yosef, and seemingly the Ramah that their Yalaviyovos had a Shabbos mentioning as well. So when did it change? Good question. <laughs> that's quite a good question. Um, I'm just curious. That's all. Yes. Um, now. This gets to my now. I just want to show you that the the um, the uh, Michael's point is right here in the Mishnah Berurah. What did the Ramah mean? The Ramah said, "Kivin shechazer b'skiro b'yalaviyavo." If it's a Shabbos yomtiv, and you mention in the yalaviyavo Shabbos, she'omer b'yom ha'Shabbos hazeh u'b'yom chag ploni hazeh. That's the nusach of the yalaviyavo. Yotza. Now call upon him. Hisker shel Shabbos betoch habracha. Ooh, thank God he mentioned Shabbos. It sounds like that's your only choice. In other words, on a Shabbos Yontif, you should mention, of course, in Vatitein Lanu. You miss it in Vatitein Lanu. You got Yalav Yavu to mention it. And if you do, then you're okay. On that, the Mishnah Burr asked, which I think which was Michael's point before, Yesh Lion, the Master Shabbos Vasienu, right? The Hasienu also, which is not Yalav Yavu, but it's the, it's the concluding paragraph the Bahasienu also has Shabbos in it, right? Because right. what do you say? Because as Birkas Moadecha, and at the end you say, right, Vahanchilenu, even before the Chasima, it's the end of the Bracha. You say, Hanchilenu, Hashem Elokeinu, Besimcha Besoson, Shabbos, or Shabbat. So maybe that should be enough. 
he's not even going on the Hasima of Makadesh HaShabbos. The Hasienu itself has Shabbos mentioned in it. And right. so he says, the master Shabbos Vasienu, Van Chivenu Shabbos and Moadei Kachecha. So why isn't that good enough? Why is the Ya'om? Thank God we have the Ya'om of to mention it. The Hasienu should be good enough. So here he says a cloud that even though you do mention it before the Hasima, it's really not part when it's so close to the chasima, it's just the wind-up to finish the bracha. What's, what Chazal want is for, in the essence of the bracha, in the ikr of the bracha, they want you to mention the yomtev. And therefore this, the Mishnah Burr says, Ulai, and it's a shtikla dochek, but this is the svara, mishum du maskira urak somuch v'chasima levad. Because when does he say it? He only says it right before the wind-up. That's not good enough. V'anan so Yalviyavu is closer to the bracha. Right. It's it, Yalviyavu is in the is in the is in the is in the middle of the of, of, of bracha four, which is the essence of Pedusha Sayom. Whereas here, by the by the time you get to the end of Hasienu, you've you've you basically finished the bracha, which is what he's saying. Shabbos, of course, as well. And that's another reason why that might not be, but at least that's part of the psicha, it's part of the essence of the bracha, but on both points, as you can see here, he says it's still difficult to understand this, but that's the, that's what he's coming up with. So this really, I think, relates Great. to your, your point as well. Okay, let's very do one last... Yeah. I can just give you a message uh, yeah, very quickly. Go Sure, Michael, go ahead. Hadassah Israel, 1994, so this is just before I got married, and I was... Uh, there for Sukkot, it was on a Shabbos, so you have Yontav and Shabbos, and this is Musaf, because the Putin got switched, the <laughs> Baal, Baal Musaf was going through the Shemon Esra, the Chazar Shats, only saying Yontav and not saying Yontav and Shabbos together, including uh-huh. the Chasima. He did everything. He missed Shabbos all the way through, and people went to Rav Taitz afterwards. Rav Taitz, in his, in his uh, little bit of speaking after the Davni, said, well, at least he did it in the Chasima, so that's okay. And then we went to him after and said, no, he missed it in the Chasim also. Uh-huh. So there, as we learned yesterday, if you miss the Shabbos completely, you, you, you're So, yeah, yeah, true. That, that, yeah. Okay, let's do one last thing. Yeah, these things do happen. <laughs> Especially, you're right, if there's, if there's a lot of stuff going on, these things do happen. But we're waiting to, for those things to happen again, right? We want to go back and show and have these type of mistakes happen. At least we'll be in show together when it's happening. Um, at least I have the discussion about it afterwards. <laughs> yes, we can have a discussion, or at least we're in show. Um, uh, here's something that I wanted to uh, share with you. Um, obviously, this isn't relevant anymore about Leo Rishon Shel Pesach, and of course, this is, as you can see with the little Yud from the Beragola, this is the Sephardi Sheminag, that the first night of Pesach, Halel, and I did it when I was growing up too, because I was part of a show called Anche Sfarad, and they also had that minute to say a complete Halel Sholem after davening on the first and second night of Pesach. That is the uh, the Sfaradish Minig and the Chassidish Minig. However, because there ain't no no again came the Ramos says we don't have that minig. Ki ain't no Omer Belayla Beisakinesas Halel Klal. We don't say it in, in shul at night. So this is, so first of all, what is the basis of the machlokas, the Ramah, 
and the, the Machaber. So it's really based on earlier sources where the, the Ashkenazim brought a raya from the Tesefta. The Tesefta is the source for the idea of saying Hallel in the Beis HaKnesses. And it's clear from the Tosefta that the reason they said Hallel in Beis HaKnesses was because the people were Amaratzim and didn't know how to say Hallel. So they would hear, because it talks over there, they would hear the Hallel in Shul, they would go home, and then they would come back in Shul where there would be somebody there a knowledgeable person that would say the whole complete the hollow for them. Again, they didn't even, they didn't have the literacy that we've have today. They didn't have the the the, the that's printed. So you see the Ashkenazi post can say that this whole idea of hollow beisaknesses wasn't a lekatchila that it should be in the beisaknesses for some reason. It was it was an eitzah Chazal came up with to help people who don't who aren't able to say hollow by themselves. Therefore, Ashkenazi said, today we can say the Hallel. There's no, there's no heather to go to the Beis HaKnesis. That's, that's the Ashkenazi, the Ramah's attitude. The, the Sephardim held, though, no. I don't know how they read the Tosef exactly, but they feel that that Hallel is extremely important. It's connected, in a way, to the Hallel that was said, the Gemara tells us, at the time of the Shechita of the Korban Pesach. So even though they're going to be saying Hallel later during the meal, which is sort of a hallel of a shira as part of the song, of the, of, of the meal, it's important also to sort of replicate what was going on in the Beis in the Beis HaMikdosh. And that's why, even though it's not Friday, it's not Erev Pesach in the afternoon, but it's close enough. And therefore it represents sort of like the predecessor of the Hallel. And that's why the Sephardim have the minute to, to do that in the Beis HaKnesis. So I saw my friend, um, uh, uh, the one in Tinek now, um, yeah, the, the Gray Matter, the rabbi who wrote Gray Matter, um, uh, Chachter, Rabbi Chachter had an article about this. Would, in this corona time, would everybody say the challah the with a bracha in their homes if they're not in shul? If after they've davened their own individual mariv, should they say it in their homes? And he says it's a big machlokas in the Sephardic Shaposkin between the Chidah and I think Chocham Avadio also is machri in a certain way. Those of you that are Sephardim, I'm, I'm sure Moshe, uh, I'm sure you, you, you had a hadrocha of what to do here. But that is a very important uh, uh, Rabbi, issue. what about in, what about in Shachwas Halil? Do you say a bracha or not? Okay, so we say a bracha when we do a, a complete halal and a chatsi halal. Uh, the Sephardim do not. Um, and their bracha is okay. different. And their bracha is different than our bracha as well. Right. And I actually, right, and this is why it says here, if you look in the next simon, it says, Mispalun tefila shacharis, vigomrin halal. Right? That's on the first day. Not, not, that won't be tomorrow or today. And, and the Ramo makes the point. Don't do that Sephardish bracha. Don't say ligmorot halel umivarachin likrot halel. That's the right. That is the right. Um, and you can the see psak, the psak from uh, uh, the Brooklyn. I'd heard that you're supposed to say the, uh, even if you praying individually, you're supposed to say the halel for. You're supposed to say bracha for the halel. Right. Right, but that but it was a discussion, and I saw uh, in Rabbi Jackter's column uh, that he discusses a lot of the nice sources in that. I will. I want to end with one thing here about Hallel, since we're talking about it. Take a look at what it says here. 
Bahalel, the next simon, Bahalel, a few asara kairin ke'echad. You can have a choir. <laughs> you can have 10 people reading the Bahalel. It doesn't have to be one man with a good voice. You can have 10 people. You can have the Maccabees come up there and, and do their version of the Bahalel. And they that's good enough. That They... They can be mozi, even people who are just listening, who are, oh, isn't that beautiful? Now, normally we say, of course, trey koi lo Normally we say, when when it's more than one voice, you can never get it perfect, and it's hard to concentrate. But here we have a very important idea in halacha, as you can see here, the Mishnah is going to elucidate that. He says, afil asara. The people listening aren't saying the Hallel. They are, they are sitting back in their benches and they are just absorbing the beautiful Maccabees uh, singing. Why? Why don't we say Trey Kolo Mishnahmet? That's the way it is by Kriya Satora. The Hallel Chavivelehu Mishum Zichronanes. Because Hallel. You, you have an extra reason to want to listen more carefully. Why it's being, you're already excited because, oh, it's going to be Howell. Everyone's excited. And, 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 and you know that it somehow references, like tomorrow reference the Ness of Kriyas Yamsuf. So because of that, hearing it, even though you have 10 people singing it, you can concentrate more. And therefore, he says, What you can do is, I've never seen this, maybe you've seen it, Michael, where you actually have, you give two people the schus to say the Kiddush on Shabbos and Yontif. Um, and he says also, when, when people are sitting in the sukkah, and you have, let's say, a bunch of families sitting in the sukkah together, Right? So let's say, again, people didn't always have their individual sukkah, but everybody, a bunch of families in one sukkah together. So you know what? The, the leaders of each family gets up, and in unison, they all say the Kiddush together. Why? <laughs> Kiddush also has that, I guess because the food is coming afterwards. But especially there's the Kiddush, so anytime you have chavivas, by the way, again, this svar is sometimes used by Megillus Esther as well. The Gemara uses it. That by Megillus Esther, people love the story so much that so they're concentrating as well. So of course, that you shouldn't do uh, a, a choir. Uh, it's much better not to do it that way. Not much better, it's, it's better. It's interesting, though, the way the psak halacha, uh, the way the pure halacha uh, puts out. Okay. So that's the halacha for today. Yeah, I wanted to finish on the Seder night. <laughs> no, no, that's right, Michael. So that would, that would, it's, you're right. He doesn't say that. He mentions. All of God's hollow, that's all. No, no, we're talking, we're talking here about making Kiddush together. So I Michael, know, Michael is pointing out that this would have been the place to mention everybody making Kiddush together, right? And I've seen that before. I've seen that every, the people say it's all the Chi of Dalit Kosos. Kiddush is a part of Dalit Kosos. And everybody should say it together. I've seen it. I've, but, but here we're not talking about people saying it with the, uh, uh, the father, so to speak. Here we're talking about there's a bunch of people who aren't saying it. And then there's a group that has been dedicated to say it together. So you're right, Michael. It's interesting that he doesn't say that on, on the night of, but I think it's included. I, I would say, he says, Kiddush Chav of Lohem.
I'm not sure. I, I think there, I think Michael, the reason why he says Sukkot is because that's when it usually happened. On Sukkot, when you'd have a bunch of families together and, and, and you'd have a bunch of balabatim, so to speak, that's where I think, right. uh, I, that's where I, yeah, I don't think you can Probably remember die. Probably like a one, one, one big sukkah for the entire you know, community or at least for a section of the community. That's right. So therefore, and, and each leader wanted to make Kiddush, oh, make it all together. So they would like harmonize and make the Kiddush together. And, the, and the, whoever was listening were Yotze. Okay, so that's some interesting things. I know it's uh, about Yontif that's coming up. All right, that takes us to part two for today. And let's see where part two is. Part two is going to be uh, the Yerushalmi. So let's let's. Before get I leave that. you, just quickly, while you get the Yerushalmi up, um, Henry had, had just asked about the the bracha on, on Halas. Of course, I'm, I'm sure you know, and you can talk about it before I leave. Um, the reason that Ashkenazim make the bracha on Chatsi Halal is because it's a, it's a minog. We make a bracha on a minog. The Sephardim specifically don't make bracha on minog. Okay, that's true. Yes, right. Based on the Rambam, because Rambam says we don't make a bracha on any any minog. Thank you, Michael. Yes, thank you, Michael. Always join us, and it's always a pleasure to hear from you and to know that you're yes. there. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you so much for learning, and Chag uh, to everybody. Okay. Okay, we're now going to do the Talmud Yerushalmi for today. All right. Yeah, how are you? I'm, I'm sorry to hear that your family has Okay, I mean, it's going a little bit slow, but here it is. And there we go. I have to get rid of this other stuff here. And here is the Talmud Yerushalmi. By the way, you might notice I'm, I, I, I I used a little bit of a different page than I had before, and that is be, this is actually the beer of Chaim Kanievsky on the bottom. Um, he did not. <laughs> let me explain something. Chaim Kanievsky is such an important person for Klal Yisrael, and one of the things that Chaim Kanievsky dedicated himself to was exploring and clarifying areas of learning that people hadn't really worked on as much. And therefore, he felt it was crucial. Now, he didn't write this beer on the Yashami, but he gave Shiur a minute. And the people took down the essence of it, and he looked it over. But Rav Chaim Kanievsky, Shemigazunzayim, wrote a, uh, an incredible sefer on the Rambam, Sefer's Zeroyim. It's, it's, it's a masterpiece, really. And, and, and it really, he wanted, to, he, his life has been in learning was the areas that people didn't know much about. He came to bring his brilliant expertise to, uh, based on his research and his clarity of thinking. So this is Rav Chaim Kanievsky's Bayur on the bottom that you see over here. Okay, let's take a look here. We were talking yesterday about the Din of Peya. And... Um, we saw yesterday that 
even though there's a din peya on 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 um, from trees, it's not clear where that comes from. It's not clear where the the din of peya of trees comes from. One of it thought from the word sadcha, the extra word sadcha. One the second approach was a mamatzinu from Kerem and Zayat. The Torah repeats certain psukim by Kerem and Zayat, which Chazal interpret to be the mitzvah of Peah by uh, vines and olives. And therefore, through what, the halachic principle of Mamatzinu or Binyan Av, we're able to learn out to all trees, most of them, that they're chayiv in Peah. Again, certain trees are, 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 are not chayiv in Peah because of the way uh, it produces its fruit, uh, that it comes out sporadically and not in one shot. But let's take a look. So the Yushalmi goes on. So it's on. It's line one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. The ninth line. You've said that having both psukim makes sense. And you need the Pasuk by Kerem and by Zayas. Each one has one thing the other doesn't. <clears throat> Together we learn all the other trees. So that's good like Rabbi Shmuel. Why? Because Rabbi Shmuel says, Rabbi Shmuel Dorash, Kol this is one of the Yud Gimelmidos, now there's something new about it. Now let me give you the example. In this example, we're thinking it means you would have thought all trees have a din paya because it says whatever you harvest, not just the standard harvest in the mind, which is grains, even stand even harvesting fruits. But then what happens? It's, there's a special pusik by the Torah gives us all the dinim of vines, all the dinim of grapes. And it says a special din of parrot. It says there's a special din that you have to leave those individual ones there. And that's not true by any of the other trees. So I would say it was Now there's a new law about it. There's a new law about vineyards that there's a din peret, which you don't have in any of the other trees, seemingly. Nekar minaklau. So now, it's been uprooted from your initial understanding. It's been uprooted. Nekar minaklau. And therefore, what is it? Hareyu All you know about it is what it is. By the Torah, writing a special parsha about uh, about vines, about grapes, and, and being machadish, special dinim there. What it does is it takes it out of the understanding that you would normally have about trees and say it's like a, it's like a creature on its own. It's its own thing, per, uh, vines and grapes. And therefore, the dinim of peya don't apply. That's good according to Rabbi Shmuel. So therefore, tzoruchu sheyomar peya bikerem. That's why the Torah needs to write the extra pasuk by uh, by Ololos, right? That extra pasuk we talked about, that where it, it's, it mentions Ololos again, which we, based on our Torah Shabbat understanding, say means a din of peya. The Torah to rewrite 
the din of Ololos for us to understand it's a special din of Peya, because otherwise we would have thought it's been excluded from Peya because of the special dinim the Torah bequeathed to Kareb. That's Rabbi Shmuel. Dover sheyotze menaklal, nekar menaklal. Aha. Okay, that makes sense. But, al drast rabbonon, the inun amren, hareyu bechlolo, the rabbonon say that's not true. The rabbonon say, even though the Torah decided to write a special section about uh, about vineyards, about wine, about grapes. That doesn't mean it's excluded from everything else. It has the chidush of peret, but maybe it should still be part of peya. Why did they have to write a special pasik? So, that's the kasha the Gemara is asking. It says, according to the Rabbonon, why is there a pasik? Omar Rav Avun. One second. You're right. If Kerem was the only place where you have a special Pusik about, about Peya, you'd have a good question. Why does it need a special Pusik? Shouldn't it have been included in, in the original Sivuy about taking Peya? Havi Makshaya. Your question's a good question. But what we're presented with, based on what we learned yesterday, of course, was that there's two other places where the Torah gave the din of Peah in terms of trees. Because there's a special pasuk by Peer, by Zayas, which is also a form of, of Peah. Why does the Torah write a special din of, of Peah again by Zayas and Karen? So that tells me, if it's by two things, it must be the Torah is teaching me that Ihu Nemer, Zayas, Vlo Nemer, Kerem, if it would say one and not the other, Hayisi Omer, I would have said, Zayas, Upotur, Mi Peret, Zayas is where the Torah had to write the special din of Peer because it didn't give the din Peret. But Kerem, Shuchayev, Peret, Kerem has the din of Peret. So maybe you put me Peya. There's no din Peya by Kerem, I would have thought. Tamar. Aha, but then, since I know I have the Pusuk of Kotzir, Kotzir tells me includes rice, includes other types of grains. So now I'll say it's true by both. And now not true by both, it's true by all trees. So therefore, as long as it's dover as long as it's the type of thing that you basically gather in one shot, not necessarily in one day, but it's pretty much the same time of the of the year, machni the type of thing that you're going to keep as a uh, as a money crop, Okay, so that's why you need both psukim, and now we're moving on to another uh, topic. Maybe I'll say it works with Powell as well. Now, what does that mean? A Powell, a person who you hire to be a farm worker, has a right to actually eat while he's working. He's not supposed to bring a big peckle, a big sack, and store up, but we don't want to muzzle him. He has a right to take his lunch and his breakfast. That's what he's working on. It's tzar bali chayim, tzar bali odam, not to allow him to do it. 
and it's a schus that he has. The Gemara Bava Metziah Mitzvah Shem will get to uh, a number of, maybe a year or so, <laughs> maybe about two years. But in that Gemara, it's going to talk about the Gedarim of this het, of this mitzvah of the worker, the poel. So we want to say that maybe the poel, since it's talking about a sada and stuff like that, the only stuff the poel can take is things that are chayiv and peya. Maybe the poel has only the right to take the type of things you're chayiv and peya, but a type of like, but a fig or something that's not going to last, maybe a poel can't take. Gemara says, It's different by a poel. What does it say by the poel eating? It says katafta, like you rip while you are gathering and putting stuff into the balabias's bag. While you're ripping and you're and, and, and you're the you're the migrant worker and you're whipping and putting stuff in, it says katafta malilos biyadecha. You can take malilot. Now we know malilot are 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 pieces of of wheat that you basically just rub with your hand and put into your mouth. They're not lekiyum. The, the whole nature of malilos is they probably won't last. It's the type of of of, of wheat stalk. It's the type of kernel around that's surrounded by the stock that you know is really only good for a snack and a munch right now. That's not going to be the type of grain that you're going to save. So you see clearly that you're allowed to munch and, and, and eat even things that you wouldn't be chayev and tomorrow. You have these type of figs that really never get completely ripe. Like they're always rotate. They're, they don't really have the complete bishul in that. So what's the din? That's what Rabbi Yossi said, the Bryson says. You don't have to take paya from it. If that's your crop, you don't have to leave it over. Why? Because you can see that as ready as it gets, it's, very, it's not uniform at all. It never reaches a super ripe state. But even the state that most people say it's ready to be and it's not going anymore is not, is not, is not uh, standard in your crop. So therefore, it should be like figs. And if this is the crop that you're growing, you don't have to take pay. That's what this teaching seems to say. But let's take a look. Um, my time with the Rabbanon. From the fact that the Bryce starts with the words Rabbiosi Rabbiuda, it sounds like he's arguing with this opinion before it. That means the opinion before it felt that you would have to take Peya from these Tamarim, these rotate Tamarim. Why? Because even though it's true, they don't really ripen completely at the same time. But kulam tzrichen se'or bevasachas. Now tzrichen se'or is an interesting term because it has to do with chametz, of course. But it doesn't mean chametz in this case. It doesn't mean chametz. It means like what se'or does. And you can see Rav Chaim Kanievsky changes the gear some. Kulam matilin se'or bevasachas. That... It's they they both have the 
the yeast put into it at the same time. They both show just, and again, we're, we're borrowing a concept by bread. By bread, when you put the yeast in, it's going to rise and you're going to see a development. You're going to see the development, which we call chametz, the development of it, of, of it rising and cracks in it. It's not what it was before. Here, too, when it comes to these dates, they go through that process all the same. That first initial process of hatalat sa'ar, of, again, it's borrowing the idea of what we see by bread, of a development where there's, there seems to be a certain shape and, uh, that it gets. It's not just a little pag, but it's a certain growth of the fruit. That's going to be there at the same time. From that point on, Every fruit is on its own, and some are quicker and some are faster. But there is an essential beginning where they pretty much end up the same. And that's what it says. Kulen matilen soar bevasachas. Rabbi Yitzchak ben Chakule, Rabbi Shua ben Levi, Tervayun Omrin, Kulkus. There's a type of tree called the Kulkus tree. I'm not sure what it is exactly, but it's a tree and a vegetable. We weren't sure what it was. So it's called a Yerek. For maestros, it's called the Yerek in terms of what year do you take maestro off of it. A tree, of course, the din of, the laws of maestros begin from Tu Bishvat. But this is a Yerek. So its laws of maestros will begin from Rosh Hashanah. From Rosh Hashanah. Lushvius, there's a special din, of course, that when it comes to safichin, when it comes to seeds that have been left out in the field that you didn't plant, midat Torah, safichim should be mutter. In other words, the sfichim that, that cause growth during the Shemitah year, it should be mutter to harvest that and eat that. Because you didn't plant it, but there's a gzera, and we're going to learn shvius, you're going to learn a lot about it. It's going to come out of your kishkas. You're going to learn so much about it. But sfichei shvius are these leftover seeds that you didn't plant. Chazal made a that those are usher just like peyre shvius. You don't have a right to gather them. Now, sfichei shvius do not apply by trees. In other words, if if, 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 if 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 seeds were left in your field and trees start to and, and, and trees start to pop up, and trees start to pop up, you don't need to be worried about trees for them. Obviously, there's orla as well. But even if they're old trees and they're growing again, and they grew from the sfichim, you don't have to worry about trees for them. But if it's a yerek, if it's a vegetable, you have to worry about it. So this kulkus bush tree, you have to worry about shvius. What else? Peya. That's a din of peya, as we've learned. Near the Adama, right? That's a din of peya. What else? It has a din of bikurim. You have to take bikurim from it. It's considered bikurim, this kulkus. Now, nidorim, though, I'm not sure. If a person makes a nether menayerek, as Chaim Kanyevsky explains here, you have to know, hmm, what do people call this? People usually don't call it a bush or a vegetable. They call it what? They call it a tree. They're wrong, but that's what people call it. Maybe if a person makes a nether, he's not going to eat vegetables or yerokot. Maybe he's allowed to eat kulkas. We're not sure. It's a suffix. Okay. Next Mishnah. 
a person has to give payah. Now, when you give payah, what the ani gets is potter. Why? From meiser. He doesn't take meiser from it. We'll talk about later. If an ani grows his own stuff, he has to take meiser. But here, an ani is potter from giving meiser because you're giving him payah. But let's say what happens. Ad. Let's say you neglected to take the payah off. You harvested it. You took it to the silo. What did you do then? You uh, you, you did dosh. You cracked the, uh, the the stuff around the wheat kernel. You threw it up in the air. You're able to get basically the pure kernel that you want. You take a bunch of them and you make bundles out of it. And then you do meruach. And then you, you, you even it out and you have these nice even bundles. That's called the gemar malocha on a peri. Once peros have gotten that gemar malocha, they are now chayiv in trumas and maestros, and they're called tevel if you don't take it off. So now what happened? He should have taken off peya before. He didn't. He waited till he did miruach. So v'notel minagoren, what does he do? He takes from the goren. It's okay. I am I am chayiv and peya. Let me go to the goren and get the ani some stuff that I'll leave here on the side uh, on the side of the corner for the ani to take. So what's the din? The din is the ani has to take off trumas and maestros from it because it was chayiv and trumas and maestros. Actually, we're going to see in the Gemara that the baal has to take the trumas and maestros off. Even if he's giving the ani, he needs to take trumas and maestros because he doesn't want to make the ani have to take it off. Also, vizorea, right? You know what you're allowed to do? You're allowed to do what? You're allowed, when you have this uh, uh, grains that you've brought in, what you're allowed to do is plant some of that stuff. We know that you're, it's usher to eat minatora once it becomes tevel. The Rabbanans say even before it's technically Tevel, even before it's technically Tevel, it's still also in Rabbanan to eat a, um, to have like a, 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 a Achilas Keva. You can snack from it. Achilas Keva would be Osir. Uh You could also give it to your animals, even if it's their main meal. That's the Xerah the Rabbanan on produce that has not yet been nismareach. Okay? That is the din in general. Now, this iser of eating it, b'derach keva, doesn't apply to taking a whole bunch of it and planting it. Let's say you decide not to. You decide, you know, I'm going to replant this to have next year's crop. So you're allowed, if you haven't done miruach yet, you're allowed to take the stuff and replant it. It's not like making a meal out of it. Making a meal out of it is also the Rabbanan. But there is no issue the Rabbanan to take the stuff and replant it. Vinoto minagoren, even because you haven't done miruach yet, vizorea. Upoter minamaisros. And therefore, it, it's, it, it's potter from maiser. Achimareach, until you do miruach. And as I said before, if you haven't done miruach yet, you can give your animals their main supper from the stuff that you have 
that you have not done meruach. You have not yet evened it out. You have not yet caused it to look nice and clean the way the standard uh, stack of grain looks. Yeah, but Rabbi, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't give any pay before the Moreach. So how, right. when is pay given? So pay should be given Henoch before. The, the Mishnah really is giving us a whole outlook on what does it mean to be Chayev in, in Peya, in Trumas, in Meiser, Bikurim. This is Peya, so we started talking about Peya. And that was the person who neglected to give Peya. He only gives, and he, if, he, if he waits till after Meruach, we tell the Balabayat, as we're going to see in the Gemara, he needs to take Trumas and Maestras off of it on behalf of the Oni. Okay? Right. Okay. Who says that? So we'll see if the Chachamim disagree. The Chachamim might hold you're not allowed to plant it. Rabbi Kiva seems to hold you're allowed to plant the stuff. Because everybody holds you can't make a meal out of it. But Rabbi Kiva says you can plant it, you can feed your animals. The Chachamim might disagree with Rabbi Akiva. Kohen Velevi, Shalochuas Agoran, Hamaistros Agoran. You have, most Kohanim were not rich, but some of them were. So you have a Kohen or a Levi that goes over, listen to what I'm going to say, they go over to the, to the Balabayat, and they say, hey, buddy, we want to buy your grains. We'll buy it. You haven't taken off Trumas and Maestros yet. Now, when you take off Trumas and Maestros, you know what you got to do? Let's assume that number is 100. So let's say it's 100 bushels. 100 bushels, 10 of them are going to go to, I'm sorry, you're going to have 150th first. Two percent, okay. That's going to leave you with two. That's going to leave ninety-eight. Then nine point eight bushels are going to go to the uh, to the uh, Kohen. It's nine point eight and two eleven point eight. So you're left with approximately eighty-eight bushels left. From that eighty-eight. He's going to take off, uh, he has to take off Meiser Shaney. That could be for him. The Cohen comes to him and says, listen, you're not high of Trumas and Meisters yet. I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'll buy this from you. And I'll give you, I'll give you what? I'll give you 90. You're going to end up making money. Because you're only going to live with 88 if you're going to do it the normal way. I'll buy the whole Goran from you. Don't, don't, did you do Meruach yet? I'm not sure. You didn't do Meruach. Give it to me for 90. I'm buying it for 90. Once I buy it for 90, the Bible says, yeah, sure, I make money that way. So let's see what happens. So, <laughs> So in other words, if the guy hasn't done Meruach yet, so then, if the Kohen Velevi hasn't done if the guy hasn't done meruach, so it sounds like the kohen velevi, the the yisrael doesn't have to take it off, and the kohen velevi in a way also don't have to take it off because it's not theirs; they bought it, and it's not yet chayiv in trumas and maestros. Now it could be once they do the gemar melacha, they're going to have to take it off, but right now the balabayas they're not going to have to take it off yet. 
hamaktish. Let's say you decide to be maktish your your your, your grain. Okay, now it's hektishes. Then you decide to buy it back. Upoda, you take it back. So chayev b'maisros. Because now, even though for a while it wasn't yours, you took it back, you do meruach, you have to take it off. However, let's say Hektish did that job for you. You were Maktish, a bunch of grain to Hektish. Hektish sent in its workers, harvested it, whatever it was, put it into the shape that it needs to be in. Now you come back knocking on Hektish's door and you want to buy it back. Now you're putter. Why? Because it's only Rashis Diganecha that's Chayev in Maestros, but not something that happened in Hektish. So over there, you'd be Potter. Okay, that's your Shalmi for today. Let's do a little bit of Bavli as well. So let's do the Bavli. Okay. All right, we'll start where we left off yesterday. Lamed Ches, I believe... Amid Aleph. So here we are. Lamed Chet Amid Aleph from yesterday. Okay, here we go. Kashia, from the word Kashia, which is, if you have a Gemara with you, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15 lines, 17 lines from the bottom. Kashia de Rav Meir. Kashia de Rav de Rav Meir. Okay. Yet at the end of yesterday's learning, we had a bright about Rav Meir. And Rav Meir was a mako in yesterday's bright. In the bright we weren't before, Rav Meir never allowed, even according to Beit Hillel, any type of chazara or shahia if the food was essentially cooked, even if it was essentially cooked. Here, Rav Meir seems to allow it from what we weren't yesterday. Kosher, we had a Yudah. And Rabbiuda seems to be more machmir. The Rabbiuda from the, the more Rabbiuda from before said that uh, even if it's mitztamek, uh, even if it gets better, you're allowed to keep it on there. And yesterday he seemed to say no. So it's you're not allowed to keep it on there at all. But from before Shabbos, so kosher the Rameir out of Meir. Rav Meir, of course, was a machmer, leaving it on, keeping it on, returning it. But yesterday's Braita was about, was about what? Was about Bidievid. Once it's on there, is the food also? You shouldn't have left it there before Shabbos. It really was not cooked well enough. And in a sense, you were over the Xerah the Rabbanon that Chazal don't want you putting food there because they think you're going to putter around with the coals. But now that you left it there, now it got cooked well. Can you eat the food? Rav Meir says yes. 
it, it's us for what you did. He's more machmer about what you can and can't do. But in terms of the result of the food itself, that's all right. So the Rameyer, that's what the Gemara is answering. Of course, he's more very machmer. But once it occurs, he doesn't aster the food itself. Why? Where did he say that you can keep the food on there and even if it gets better? That's with what? That's because you fixed up the oven. That's because you cleared the oven out. Khan, this last brighter from yesterday we did right before, is Bishaina Groove of Vikatuma. And if it's Aina Groove of Vikatuma, that means you can definitely putter around with it and make it better. There we say it's Usr, even though it's totally cooked, if by staying on the oven it's going to be cooked more. That's the obvious way to answer the two mysterious. There is no steer between our mayor, no steer between Rabuta. If if I would have been smart, I would have taught that to you yesterday. But we were we were pushing out of time, but that should have been part of yesterday. Let's say once again what we just mentioned before. The guy was wrong. Bimazid, he, he he put the stuff on there. It was not cooked well enough. He didn't do the cleaning of the tikkun of the oven. All the different ifanim that we know, it's osr du shahia, whichever way you understand it, he did it. What do we do with the food? Mi kansura bonanolo. Toshma, let's bring a raya. From where? From a story. The omer shmu bar nosan omer Keshoholach Rabiosi from the great Tana Rabiosi, Litsipori, he came to Tsipori, Motsachamin, Shenishtao Gabikiro. He saw Chamin that had been heated, that had been heated on our type of oven. He didn't say anything against them. He said, I know you put it on there. I could tell it was on there from before. You guys can use it. All right. Then there were eggs. And the eggs were basically gishmaka eggs. <laughs> they were tsamuk. They were they were they they were they had gotten nice and, 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 and small and crunchy. And he said, you know what, this you can't eat. Because this you left on there and you didn't do anything with it, and it got better. This I'm not letting you eat. But us are ahead. So what do you see? You see that Bidievid, we asked for the food if it got better. Water, of course, didn't get better. Water probably dried up. Water got worse. But if you were over the Isr Shahia and the food got better, Chazal say you can't eat it. Rabbi Yossi didn't allow it. No, no, that doesn't mean he didn't allow it <laughs> that Shabbos. My love, Osa Shabbat. You think he asked that Shabbos and nobody should eat the eggs? No. With Shabbat Abba. That meant for next Shabbos. For next Shabbos, as you guys did it wrong, next Shabbos be smarter. But there's no proof from here, like we saw before in Rav Meir, that we would aser bidiyevid once it was done. Next. Michlal, you can see from the story, debates in Mitzumakot, Mitztakamot and these type of eggs, these small little gishmaka eggs, the more they cook, the better they are. Yeah, that's true. Ninu. I remember once, Rebbe and I, Rebbe said, my teacher, Rebbe, you don't know, see, and I, I'm sorry, this is Chama Bar Chanina, 
who was a student, the son of one of Rebbe's main students, Reb Hanina. Rebbe says, the Gemara Suvis, Rebbe said that Reb Hanina should take over the yeshiva. He should be one of the heads of the yeshiva in learning. So he obviously was a very close Talmud of Rebbe. Chama was Hanina's son. He had the schus to be with his father's Rebbe one time. And what happened? And they brought eggs. And what was it? They were these little shrinky eggs. And I remember it was like Ozradin. They were like little crab apples. They were like these little crab apples. And I remember a Chalman Harbe. We just kept on eating them. Interesting. We know that Rebbe was very mockbit on what he put into his mouth. Rebbe suffered from stomach issues. The Gemara says that Rebbe stuck his 10 hands up before he died and says, I wasn't Nena from this world, even Ke'etzpektana. But yet, I guess, L'Shem Shamayim, he ate these things because they were good. And he ate them L'Shem Shamayim, savoring how tasty they were. <laughs> that's what you have to say. And you see, they do get tasty. Amr of Sheshis, let's go on. But it shows that they were that he was butter. So did they do something to the to the stove so that, that he could eat it? In other words, if it was put in before Shabbos and it cooked, you can't you can't eat it. Right, so that that Sanach, that would according to this, we're not sure, but it could be Bidiyevid you'd be allowed to eat those eggs, even though they taste great. Those eggs taste much greater. Okay? Yeah, yeah okay. Okay, so what do you see? This is Ahmed Bey's. Machzir and Afil B'Shabbos. Okay. Our Mishnah says that according to Hillel, you're allowed to put food on there on Shabbos. Now, what does this mean, Shabbos? The Mishnah says Shabbos. So Rashi explains, Rashi explains what? Biyom. That you're allowed to put it on there on the day of Shabbos. Now, why not? Because you might have thought, let me read it again. Uh, okay, let me explain it better. Machzir nafil b'shabbos means that when did you take it off? Because <laughs> you could take it off and return it. When did you take it off? So we're saying, even if you took it off, on Shabbos, you can put it back on Shabbos. If you take it, meaning Shabbos day, let's say you take it off the oven, Shabbos 9 o'clock, you could return it to the oven at 12 o'clock. That's the Chiddush. Let's see from Rashi, why is that a Chiddush? Where do we say in the Mishnah you're allowed to return the food? Where you take it off on Friday night. When you take it off Friday night, we know you don't want it to burn. So you take it and you put it in the fridge, wherever it is. We know that you're planning on putting it back. That's not called Chazorah. When you take it off at 9 o'clock, we don't know that you're putting it back. Maybe the Hatmana that you did on Friday afternoon is finished. And that's called Rabbi. So in other words, like this, you're allowed to keep, if if the oven is is done properly, if it's the right type of fuel, if it's cooked enough, 
you're allowed to put food on on Arab Shabbos, and we're not worried you're going to stoke the coals. More than that, if it's done right, you're also allowed to put the you're allowed to put food back on the oven. Now, what does that mean? Put it back. Obviously, you took it off. You took it off, and you're putting it back. When did you take it off? So, if you took it off on Friday night, I understand what's going on here. It's cooked enough now. You're gonna. And that's not called. That's not called recooking. It's not called trying, right? But here, if you take it off on Shabbos day, now that's finished, whatever you did on Friday. Maybe you don't have the right to put it back on at 12. So that's what we're saying, machzirin afil b'Shabbos. That even though you took it off on Shabbos day, you could still put the food back to warm. The Afraboshiya Af machzirin afil b'Shabbos. Af means you're allowed to return it even though you took it off on Shabbos morning. You can put it back on Shabbos afternoon. The Amr I remember once that we were by my good friend, the great, incredible Rabchia. I mentioned Hanania before. This is the other great student of Yehuda Nasi, Rabchia. I remember we brought up to him kumkumus, like a thermos, a, a container that holds hot water well. Shelchamin, it was full of hot water. Midyuta hatachtona. So it was on Shabbos day, we took hot water that was sitting on the oven, and what did we do? We poured it into uh, um, uh, into a kumkumus, into this uh, thermos, and we took it from downstairs to upstairs. And why did we do that? Because he had wine, and he needed some good hot water to go in the wine to make a good mixture. And we brought it back. So the hot water was put on there Friday afternoon. It stayed till Shabbos morning. They took it off on Shabbos morning, took it upstairs, used it, and then returned the remaining water back onto the oven. So you see, Chazor is mutter, even if it was taken off on Shabbos. It's not just Friday night, but even Shabbos day, you could return the stuff back to the to the heat. He knew what was going on. He didn't tell us anything. The heter of returning something back to the blech, back to the top of the oven that was heated there from Shabbos day, is that you have to keep it in your hand. This is going to sound familiar to those of you that know a little bit of Hilchot Shabbat, of Hilchot Shabbos. You have to have the thing in your hand. Let's say you put it on the ground. Now it's already called, no one allows that type of chazara if it's done Shabbos day. Okay? Shabbos day is more chomer, we're saying, than Friday evening. Shabbos by day, if you take it off, you need to keep it in your hand to put it back. But if you put it on the ground, it's too late. Then it's also to put it back. That's called, that's Rab Tadoi's Chiddush. Omar Rabami, Rabami, when he heard it, said, Rab Tadoi, the Ovid, 
this that Rav Tadoi said in the name uh, of, right? The Rav Tadoi said, that was his own Chumrah. Even though Zrika came in and said in the base Medrash, Apsak, that was Rab Tadoi's individual Chumrah. We don't paskin like that. As I'm telling you what Rab Yochanan said in the name Rab which was what? Even though you take it off Shabbos morning and you put it down on the ground, which is really away from the, 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 where the kitchen area is, you put it on the ground, it's mutter to put it back on the oven. Mutter. The truth is, there was a machlokas on this point. If you take food off that was heating on Shabbos day, and then you let it out of your hand, and you put it down on the ground, you have the right to put it back in the heated area. We're not talking about that it got cooled off. We're not talking about Bishul Daraisa. We're talking about the din of Chazora or Hatmana. Is there an Isser if you've left it out of your hand? So it's a machlekes. Pligi be Rabdimi, Rav Shmubar Yehuda. They both said in the name of the Amor Rebbe Lozer. Amrei. They both said in the name of Rebbe Lozer. Chadom, or one of these Amaroyim said, here's the din. Odin biodo muter, if you still got the item in your hand, you can return it. But there's a chiddish in this. Al-gabi karka oser. If you put it on top of, if you put it on the ground, it's oser. Chadomar, hinichan al-gabi karka nami muter. One said, like we saw before in the Psak from Rabbi Yochanan, that even though it was on the ground, you could still return it. This is not the famous Chizkiah, this is a different Chizkiah, in the name of Abayah. Even though you're telling me if it's still in your hand, you can put it back. It has to be when it's in your hand, the whole time you're thinking, I'm putting it back, I'm putting it back, I'm putting it back. But if you lift it off the blech, and while it's in your hand, you're not planning to put it back. Technically, it's still in your hand, but you're wondering, and you're actually planning to just bring it to the table. You're not planning to returning it back to the oven. Also, then you can't put it back because then you're Masalik it. That's called a siluk legami. Then you can't put it back. Hmm. Where's Masalik mean? Take it off. That's just like I'm finished with what I did on Friday. I'm finished with the heating. I'm lifting it up. It's now going to be part of my table. So that's like a gemiras das that you're finished with whatever you did from before Shabbos, and now it's like a brand. It would be a new gzeir of cooking on Shabbos. Deramonon uh, of putting it back. That's what it's we're. Us, we're it's us, it's us. It would be us, according to this. If in your mind, although it's in your hand, but you know you were planning on bringing it to the table, it would be us. Well, it's the same thing. It's in your mind. Erev Shabbos is the same thing. You have in mind uh, to put it on. And later to eat it. Right. But over here, it might be over. That's what we're saying. Once you've right. got it, once it, it, it's, it's not on the oven, and, and, and even though it's in your hand, it's not on the ground, but you are basically planning on bringing it to the table, and it's over. So even though your kid screams up and says, Dad, put it back. I want it hot again. It won't help. Right. Apple ain't died to sir, sir. Michlau, we can see from there, that if 
it's because it's so hot and you can't keep it in your hand. And for some reason, you just put it down because uh, the, the oven mitts just aren't working and you need to put it down. According to this opinion, on the ground, even though you were planning on putting it back, is not good enough. If it's in your hand, it's not stable. And therefore, if you're planning on putting it back, it's all right. The other way is the opposite. This that you say, it was a reverse lashon. This that we say once it's on the ground, you can't put it back. But if, while it's on the ground, you're planning on putting it back, it's mutter. So this is really a very important halacha. People who use crockpots, that say crockpots are not a problem of cooking. Again, Shlomo Zalman and other poskim have a problem with using uh, crockpots on Shabbos, of lifting the thing and putting it back. That it might be a problem. It might be considered ala'eish mamish. But assuming that the crockpot is mutter, assuming you fixed your crockpot by putting the aluminum foil in, uh, in between the the cleheres the, 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 uh, and the metal element, assuming you've done your crockpot lahalocha, so according to the second law shown, even though you put the crock pot down, you can put the crock pot back in. According to the first law shown, you need to hold the crock pot the whole time. And you also can't have a das. It has to be that you're going to planning on putting it back. According to the second law shown, you'd be allowed to put the crock pot down as long as you're planning on putting it back. And How do we paskin, Rabbi? Well, Kivalevich paskins that since this is a derabonon, you can be mako. The whole thing is not a daraisa, and we have two lishonos. I'm not sure if everybody agrees with me. <laughs> because on Shabbos, let's say I, I, I have chicken that was in the refrigerator. Or, no. No, let's say I have chicken on the blech. And I want to eat it. I take it off. And I didn't finish it. Am I allowed to put that, chi- that chicken back on the blech? That might be a... <laughs> That might be a problem if you are. That might be a problem, Hannah. Okay, that might be a problem. Okay. Michlal del Gabi Karka Afa Pishadaita Laksaros the Ika de Amre or Ika de Amre you would be allowed to do it. Michlal Sheba Odin Biodo, but while it's in your hand, even though when you took it off you were planning to be finished with it, you can put it back even though. You were just planning on bringing it to the table, and you didn't want it to go back to be reheated. It to stay hot. Boy, Rav a usual type of question from Rav mahu. Let's say you, you don't put it back, but what do you do? It's not in your hand, and it's not on the ground. You've got it hanging on a stick behind you. What's that? Or, hinichanogabi mita. It's not on the ground. It's on the bed. The ground, you can say, oh, that's definitely finished. How about the bed? Or how about the countertop? What would be the countertop? It's like the mita, right? But Mahu, Ravashi says, what about like this? What about you're dealing with hot water and you, and, and, and you take the hot water off, you pour it into another container, and you put that second container back. So in other words, it's the same water but the water has changed vessels. Would that be a problem? Would that be a problem of Chazorah? Maybe that would be a problem because it's not in the same vessel anymore. 
on all these questions are teku, and since these are suri the rabbanon, uh, you can be mekel. And if it, uh, that's what I would say. By teku, we do, we're always we go back to the klal of isuri the rabbanon versus isuri the araisa. Okay, um, I think that's about it for today. We've done about an hour. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.